Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. The kiss itself became fire. Seemingly harmless when it had been small and contained, and now enraged with the potential to burn down the house around him if he set it loose. And that was what he wanted. To lose control. To let it all burn. Oh, Claire? Mm-hmm? Are you thinking out loud? Should I be concerned? No, 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 no. I am not thinking of arson. Although, I do want it to all just burn. 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 How about we do a podcast first? Oh, okay. Okay, great. Yay! Yay! Hi, I'm Neil. <laughs> and I'm Claire. And this is Fuck, Mary Kill, Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. And the books. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you're here for reviews, congratulations. You've come to a great place. Uh, but we're also going to spoil everything. All the spoils. All the spoils Forever. all the time. Yeah. So if you don't want spoilers, go read the things. Yeah. And then come back. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, So, Claire. Yes. um, I picked the books this time. You did. Tell us. Yes. So, we read Once Upon a Time Travel by Soraya Wilson Mm -hmm. and The Spanish Pearl by Catherine Friend. Yes. Catherine Friend is such a great name. It really is. I'm a little jealous. So, the theme today is time travel. Back in. We're going to go back. Great. I'm glad we both picked two different things. But first... But first... What's got you hot and bothered? Well, I read an article. um, and Just the one? Well, you know, I read a billion article headlines. (laughs) (laughs) And I do appreciate that our article headlines are written in such a way that I can get the gist now. Mm -hmm. And I feel very good about it. Or like Twitter, where somebody will also sum it up. And then they have their opinion on it, and I feel like I've read it. (laughs) But anyway. But this one you actually read. Well, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Great. Republicans and Democrats don't just disagree about politics. They have different sexual fantasies. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. So um, this one comes out. uh, This was out in Politico magazine on October uh, 27th, and it was by Justin uh, LaMiller. That's not how you pronounce his name. And um, go ahead and at me on Twitter if you want to tell me exactly how to pronounce it. But anyway, you can find this thing. But I thought I'd read this one part to you. Uh, so he's actually written a book, and it's all about sexual fantasies, and he's surveyed a bunch of people. But this one I thought was particularly interesting considering our last podcast. While self-identified Republicans and self-identified Democrats reportedly fantasizing with the same average frequency several times per week, I found that Republicans were more likely than Democrats to fantasize about a range of activities that involve sex outside of marriage. Uh, I think things like infidelity, orgies, partner swapping, 1970s style, key parties, uh, to modern day forms of swinging. Republicans also reported more fantasies with voyeuristic themes, uh, including visiting strip clubs and practicing something known as cuckolding. 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, which involves watching one's partner have sex with somebody else. By contrast, self-identified Democrats were more likely than Republicans to fantasize about the entire spectrum of BDSM activities. <laughs> <laughs> From bondage to spanking to dominant submission play. The largest Democratic uh, Democrat-Republican divide is on the BDSM spectrum. <laughs> so, uh... Democrats, I get it now. You just like pain. Yeah. You just <laughs> like pain. Like, you just... There's this part of you that wants someone to come out and tell you exactly what to do. And then you also just want to cry about it. Oh. Totes get it. Poor Democrats. Anyway, this was a really interesting article. Yeah. Um, I suggest everybody read the whole thing. But I found... Considering what we read last time, I found that very interesting. Great. And sorry, where was it? Uh, this is in Politico magazine. Politico magazine. Yeah, okay. it's from the October 27th um, edition. But okay. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I don't know. It was just very interesting. That's the whole insane. article is interesting about the different things that people fantasize about. And it's apparently, uh, I don't know, the book sounds interesting too. Um, the book is Tell Me What You Want. What you really, really want? What you really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, what you want. And then this guy did a big survey of uh, adult Americans mm -hmm. from all 50 states. Interesting. So. Something similar that I found also very interesting is Pornhub is like, hey, look what term people are most looking for by state. Uh-huh. And it's the South is real interesting. <laughs> mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Good for Pornhub that they tell us these things. Yeah, they're doing some good for society, I suppose. You think they actually are? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I wanted to see some of Hamilton, Pornhub is where it was at. <laughs> like, like, anytime you want to see something that's recently come out that they don't have, like, that you, you can't put on YouTube because YouTube will pull it right away yeah, it's yeah, yeah. probably on Pornhub but like there's lots of Hamilton and like they they would name it things that were like sexy mm -hmm. like uh watch the presidents in a threesome and it was the rap battle uh. <laughs> like <laughs> super great like super fun yeah good anyway that's how I saw Hamilton first <laughs> on Pornhub on the Pornhub on the Pornhub <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah. Well, spreading the arts. Spreading the arts. Spreading the arts. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that was Great. me. Great. Um, you didn't ask, but what's got me hot and bothered today? Oh, no. <laughs> Big old pause. Because I'm evil. Neil. Neil, what's got you hot and bothered? Oh, well, so mine is inspired by one of the books that we read. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. This this episode. Um, it's a... I'll say it's a plea. It's a plea to writers. If you worry that your joke doesn't make sense, please don't leave it in your book. <laughs> if you have a joke and can't decide which punchline to use... Please don't use all three of them in the book. <laughs> so I have some examples. Great. Great. So one of them is, this is too many punchlines. 
because I had the distinct impression that after he said something stupid and sexist, I would have to stab him in the neck with a fork, and then Aunt Charles would lecture me about proper table etiquette. I'm like, great, that's hilarious, that's a funny paragraph. The next paragraph, which might lead to more fork stabbing. The next paragraph. And I knew for a fact that homicide was definitely against the rules. No, like, yeah. you, you said that already. You implied that cleverly by saying table etiquette. Like, you, you, already, you already had the better punchline. Don't throw the other ones in. You ruined your own joke. Oh. oh, I was very sad. And then there was another one in the same book where it starts raining a lot. And one character says to the other, let's get inside before an old man starts gathering up pairs of animals. When I read it, I was like, what the... And then the, the character the, that he said it to in her mind was like, oh, I rolled my eyes at his Noah's Ark reference and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, if you had to explain it, it's not a good joke. No, no. And I was... Yeah, I, I, I remember <sighs> thinking the exact same thing because at the time I remembered like that guy that he's referring to was into plants. And he's like, oh, yeah, because he's a biologist. He's just going to gather two of everything. I don't know why. Biologists do that, right? Sure. And then I was like, oh, I did need that joke explained to me. Yeah. But also, ugh, dumb. Dumb. So, um, just a long list of, or something to add to the long list of why you should have somebody else read your book <laughs> before you put it out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. This you might find interesting. So mm. uh, a friend of mine submitted something that she wrote to a company in China that does like American works and publishes them for Chinese audiences. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're subject to the Chinese cultural ministry and um, whatever sort of censorship they have. All of the censorship. All of the censorship. Yep. But so when, they, when she got the reply back saying, We've, we thought what you wrote was interesting. We liked it. Unfortunately, we're not going to accept it. Uh, it had, you know, did, said things that the cultural ministry doesn't like, sex, same-sex relationships. Um, but just so you know, in the future, when you submit again, we also don't accept time travel. The Chinese government is a no on time travel. <laughs> we refuse to acknowledge time travel. Well, like, they, I mean, I get why. Like, they, they need to be in control of history, and so if yeah, you're yeah, writing yeah. something that either goes back in time or goes forward in time, then that, the culture ministry is out of control of that. So I get it, but I also, there's a big part of me that just thinks there's some dude in the cultural ministry who just hates all time travel stories. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's like... And the paradox never makes sense. You always have to, like, think too hard about it. Also, is it, like, magic? Is it science? Like, what even is it? I am not on board censoring it. Great. He had to read H.G. Wells' The Time Machine and, like, do an essay about it in school, and he hated it so much. Yeah. It's like, never again. He's like, I no. am saving my country from having to go through this. Look, we had the Cultural Revolution, so we wouldn't have to put up with this bullshit paradox this- problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So should we travel ahead to the point in the podcast where we talk about these books? Or shall we travel back to the point where we read these books and unread them? Uh, huh. Bum, bum, bum. I've just given you a hint of the future. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Claire. Good job. Let's get into this. The mm-hmm. first book we're going to read is, or talk about, is Once Upon a Time Travel by Soraya Wilson. And here's what the book says. Once Upon a Time... 
Recent college grad Emma Damon knows the Rose Room in Hartley Hall is off limits, which is exactly why she can't wait to get inside. Once she enters the Forbidden Room, Emma learns much about the history of the museum than she ever intended to know. Waking up confused and shocked in 1816, all Emma wants is to return to her cozy home with flushing toilets and disposable razors. When she's mistaken for someone else, Emma must pretend to be everything she's not. And about to be engaged to Earl of Hartley's brother, Emma fails miserably at playing the role of the sophisticated lady. Hartley is determined to ensure that the quirky, adorable woman marries his brother, despite his ever-growing attraction to her. After loving and losing, he refuses to fall prey to the shackles of love, but, has, but his desire for Emma increases. He knows he must forfeit his happiness for his brother's future. After all, there's no such thing as happily ever after. Or is there? Well, that's what the book says. Mm -hmm. uh, Neil, mm -hmm. what happens in the book? Okay, I'm warning you and our listeners, I might screech a lot <laughs> during this explanation. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Emma Damon. Ugh. <laughs> I fucking hate that last name. I hate that last name. Even Matt Damon? I hate that last name. Okay. But I hate that last name in books because, like, especially in books where there's some sort of spiritual element or magic mm -hmm, element, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. in just, a, like, Matt Damon or just in regular books, whatever, like, that's a last name. Okay. But, like, in a book where something magic happens, mm -hmm. no, no, <laughs> no. You can't have that. You can't have that. Especially because she herself is not magical. No, but there is magic in this book. There's magic that happens around... Anyway, okay, so, Emma Damon... First off, is an orphan virgin. Yes! I, uh, it was impossible! <laughs> like, there's no reason. Impossible? No, absolutely no absolutely. reason. Like, okay, no. Like, I was a quote-unquote virgin for, you know, well into my 20s. But it didn't fucking matter. It wasn't like I was going to be all the time to people like, oh, I'm a virgin, I'm a virgin, guess what, I'm a virgin. Like, you'd be happy to say it to a lover in bed like, oh, by the way, I'm a virgin, just so you know, but it also doesn't matter because it's not a thing that actually exists, and we know that now. Whatever. I was upset about it. Also, she was an orphan. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. An orphan virgin who, despite having a BA in American history, got offered a job at Hartley Hall, which is like the ancestral home of a... a an aristocratic family in England and they do the thing it's like the country estate no it's the townhouse yeah it's the townhouse where the current Lord Hartley lives there but a lot of the house is like a museum that the public can see and then they he has a foundation so he brings historians in to like catalog stuff so Emma with her BA in American history from some school in California got hired to analyze letters from the 1800s at this house. She's not even analyzing them. She's literally just scanning them into a computer. Right. And she would never get this job. No. Never. No. Never. Also, her, like, her knowledge of history 
impacts her not at all. Not at all. In this whole book. Her knowledge of history is terrible. It's very poor. It's There's one point where, because she keeps making references to modern things, and people don't know what she's saying, and then, because she, spoiler, she goes back in time to 1816, and she makes a reference to the Boston Tea Party, and I'm going to read it. I, I haven't written down quotes from a book in a very long time, but this is, I just, I just had to for this one. So she says, stupid England. Suddenly I want to dump, dump a bunch of tea in a harbor. And somebody says, there's no need to throw your own Boston Tea Party. And then she as the narrator says, oh sure, that reference he got. Do you not know when the Boston Tea Party was? Do you think the Boston Tea Party was after 1816? What the fuck is wrong with you? She's yeah. terrible. And then there's another point where she sees a painting of a nobleman. And she says, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. He was a full-length picture of a nobleman dressed up just like those dudes in that Pride and Prejudice movie we'd watched. I'm yeah. like, you're a historian! What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, no, so she, she's like, oh, I have American history. Like, that is my, my background. I don't know anything about English history. And I'm like, we're tied. Right? We're a, col a former colony. Right? We're... You should know a bunch of their history. Right. Up until the moment there was the fucking... Did you just start learning things at the revolution? Right. There was another point, too, where she was like, okay, I'm in 1816. Okay. She was like, okay, I'm in England in 1816. My background is American history. This isn't the most helpful. Let me figure out what was going on in America in 1816. Well, the War of 1812 was over. Yeah, it was over the year before. The War of 1812 ended in 1815. Meanwhile, she's like, I'm an American walking around England. This is just fine. No. She couldn't even remember no, who the president not. was. She, uh, she was like, was it that Pierce guy? And I was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> It got to the point where she kept being like, oh, when was when was Dracula popular? When did this happen? I would just look it up and make a note to himself. Like, 1897. Just like, bitch, get it together. Anyway. She couldn't even really remember when the American Civil War was. No, she couldn't. It was so frustrating. And I was like, sure, I totally get, like, not every historian, especially if you've just got a BA in a general history, knows specifically things about dresses or about toilets or about phones or, or things like that. But, oh, come on. You got a general right. idea. Right. She's also one of those dumb Americans that goes to another country and is like, I'm not going to put forth any sort of effort to, like, learn the British words for things. Yeah. Uh, like, there's one point where, when she's back in time and she's talking to her maid, and she's like, well, my maid didn't know what a bathroom was. British people don't say bathroom. You've been living in London for a while. You you know this. Sure. Every single American knows that they say, loo, a water closet. Uh, just, bitch, get it together. Anyway, so she's reading letters uh, by a Mrs. Farnsworth. Uh -huh. who was a maid at Hartley Hall. Well, she was like the the head house person. So yeah, like yeah, she yeah. Was the one She's the head the maid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she and her friend Bex are reading these letters. And then they're like, oh, guys are the worst. I'm a virgin. Nobody loves me. Yeah, but she says things like, nobody loves me, nobody's interested in me, uh, but I also actually don't want to be, I, I don't want to settle down right now, I just want some dates, but I also don't want to date. 
Like, she says things like that. These really she, contradictory, weird things. It's like, what exactly do you want? She has no idea what she wants. Anyway, so then one night, it's, it's after work. The building is closed down. So she decides to go to the forbidden section. For some reason, I don't even remember why. Some well, dumb reason. Just for fun. Like, and, and she kept talking about the things she wanted. She wanted to read these books that she wasn't allowed to get at. And she wanted to look at this room she wasn't allowed to go in. And I was like, why? You seem to have no idea of the history of this place. Mm -mm. Even though you've been reading these letters, which you feel is boring, which is like the dumbest thing for a historian to say about letters from this time period. Yeah, oh, so yeah. first-hand 200 years ago. Yeah. Like, this is this is what historians you want. live for this. Surely, like, primary sources yes. about everyday life and history. Like, anyway, so she finds a hidden closet with a box in it, and inside the box is a dress with a note pinned to it, and the note is in her handwriting. Spoo! Be. And then she reads, she puts on the dress, and there's one point where she's like, oh, it was really tight in the bus. I'm like, yeah, you put it on over your clothes. Yeah. That's what, anyway. And then she reads the note aloud, and then there's a tornado around her, and then she passes out. And then she wakes up, and she's... The first of many passes outs. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, so she's an orphan virgin who's afraid of thunderstorms and faints when she sees blood. Yep. All these things. All these things. Anyway, so she wakes up and not knowing where she is, who these people are, what's going on, it's just kind of like, guys, like she goes through this thing that's like, are they doing some sort of reenactment day? Did I like sleep here all night? What's going on? And then she eventually realizes that she's gone back in time and she's like, I'm the American girl. Or rather, they think that she's somebody else. They think that she's Emily Blythe. Right. And she's like... they were expecting an American. Right. But they didn't tell her that. No. She was just like, oh, I'm American, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bitch. Bitch. First of all, the War of 1812 just ended. England doesn't like Americans uh -huh. right now. And you're like... They know... They're expecting a person. And you have no idea where this person is from or who this person is. Statistically speaking, this person would be from England, which it turns out isn't the case, but it's just like, I'm just gonna be an American. It, it, it always frustrates me so much when people find themselves, people from our world find themselves in a different time or a different place, and they're just like, when they realize it, they're like, I'm not gonna modify my behavior at all. No. I'm like, bitch, you are in the 1800s. If people think you're crazy, you're a lady in the 1800s. They will lock you up, yeah. and you will get sepsis and die. Yeah, I and and that she refused to speak differently, even she, though yeah. it's not that hard to just I don't know, shut up and just listen to what's happening around you, <laughs> uh, or I don't know, elevate your speech a little bit so just, that you yeah. just take out the fucking contractions or something. Right. Just shut the or fuck just, up and listen. Mm -hmm. But no, she refused. Or when people when people were offering her explanations of why she was there without them knowing she was there and why she was so disoriented, she didn't take any of them. They're like, "Oh, did you? Did your carriage like 
get caught up in the storm and, and break down and you had to walk here? And she's like, no, I spent the night here. Everything's fun. I'm like, they're giving you outs. You take it because you don't want to get locked up in an insane asylum. <laughs> Girl. And like this whole book, there were no real stakes. Despite no. the fact that life and every time was there dangerous. was a stake, every time there was something that was going to happen, it got second, fixed right no, away. Right away, and she didn't even have to do it herself. No, somebody so fixed it for frustrating. her. Anyway, okay, like the whole Emily Blythe thing. Yes, like I kept. So they are expecting an American. Mm-hmm. She is supposed to show up and marry mm-hmm. this dude's brother, right? That, and she is supposed to show up that day. All this is supposed to happen, so she just magically appears. And I kind of thought. There was going to be some other time travel element where we come to find out that no, in fact, this has been set up so that she's here and like so, there's like paradoxes. Somebody had this persona right. waiting for her. But no, there really is an Emily Blythe and uh-huh. she does show up eventually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck, is yeah. something going to happen? No, they fix it right away. Ten so. pages later, I counted ten pages later, she's gone. She's on a boat back to America. Yeah. Everything's fine. Like, like it never fucking happened. Ugh. I was like, you could have skipped this part. Could have skipped a lot of this book. Anyway, so Emma finds out that she Emily Blythe is meant to show up because Lord Hartley, who refuses to get married but still wants his family to maintain the title, is trying to find a bride for his brother because his brother's dating some chick that he's like, oh, she's just a floozy out for his money, whatever. So what he did is he met this American botany professor who had severe gambling debts and Lord Hartley basically bought his daughter. Yep. He's like, I'll settle your debts if you send your daughter out to England and marry my brother. How much better, to instead of marrying that floozy, to marry a stranger I bought for you? A stranger I bought for you. Also, also, no one, no one in the 1800s would let some American peasant marry into the landed gentry. No. Well, okay. You were incorrect there, because actually at the time, it was very popular for young American girls to come over to uh, to England, because uh, at that point, because of, partially because of the War of 1812, partially because of the, the revolutions and the continuing war with France, all of the landed gentry were poor. <laughs> they were losing their money. But what Americans wanted was titles, mm-hmm. but they had money. But... Emily Blythe doesn't have money. I know that was which is really why I said confusing. American peasant. Right. Her father oh, is in debt. Yes. I had no idea. She like, can't give. Why would he would not marry his brother to some? Ugh. Right. Right. Anyway, so she's like, okay, great. I guess I'll just stick around. Mm-hmm. And then they go to a ball, and it's a disaster. Yes, obviously. Which it it follows the the like okay so. The thing that she needs to accomplish, she needs to go home, but the thing that she needs to accomplish to, like, keep herself safe so that she can get home is to make her way into society. Right. So, of course, there's the thing where she tries once and it's a disaster. She finds someone to teach her what to do. She has a second coming out and blah, blah, blah. So, it follows that whole thing. Which is fine. So she goes to a ball. It's a disaster. They meet George Goodwin, who we find out, quote, killed Lord... Hartley's fiance, she was a bitch. Mm. She was like, give everything up for me, even though I was just like fucking this other guy, I guess. And then she, I don't know, she ended up dead on the docks. It was was convoluted. Yeah. I didn't understand. I was like, who's upset about what? Why? Yeah. Like, I never got it. Anyway, 
So then... D I don't know what he was thinking. He's like, oh, this poor American girl will definitely hold her own in society. False. That right. obviously didn't happen. Although I did appreciate that the, that it was... Like, every time she couldn't figure out what fork to use or whatever, it was because, obviously, she's a dumb American. Like, I just appreciated the hell yeah, out of yeah, that. Yeah. Well, it's because she's a dumb right. American. So then Lord Hartley decides that she needs to meet Charles. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. And then it turns out that Charles is his aunt. Uh-huh. And she's, like, the dowager who still has money. She's great. She has a corgi. She's sassy. She is Great. I was like, I want a book about Charles. I want a book about Charles. And her thing is, she she's... So we find out there are basically two pinnacles of society. There's Aunt Charles and then the Duchess of Kent or whatever. Uh-huh. And everyone is afraid of Charles and loves the Duchess of Kent. So the fact that Emma is now under Charles's protection means that nobody's going to say anything mm -hmm. or do anything. But they decide they need to win over the Duchess of Kent because then everybody will want to be nice to Emma. Right. And, yeah. Uh, it's obvious from the very beginning that Charles is trying to set Emma up with Lord Hartley. Uh-huh. And Emma doesn't pick up on that at all. Nope. And she's like, why does she keep accidentally saying Lord Hartley's name instead, instead of, of James, James, who I'm but, supposed to marry? It's like, because hey, you're a fucking idiot. But she doesn't even say his first name, which is like Jackson or something stupid. I was so pissed about that. <laughs> all of, okay, all of Lord Hartley's, like, brothers and sisters all have J names. Mm -hmm. And they all are J names that make complete sense. Mm -hmm. Except for his, which is Jackson. But it's not Jackson. It's J-A-X-O-N. <laughs> Christine looks like she just smelled bad fish and is shaking her head yeah, furiously. Yeah, that is, is a true. correct yeah. response. As yeah. soon as I read that, I was like, I, I was like, gross. Yeah, it was like exactly. James. I think there was a Jemima. Mm -hmm. Something. Anyway. So, yeah. So... But but Charles keeps saying, oh, then you'll get to marry Hartley. And Emma's like, don't you mean James? And Charles is like, do I? Do I mean James? Ugh. Anyway. Um, so blah, blah, blah. And then... And then we find out... Uh-huh. Aunt Charles is a witch. <gasps> yes. What? So I am not... And all the women. All the women in Hartley's family... Are witches. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so apparently in, like, medieval prehistoric England, everyone knew that they were witches, and mm -hmm. so the kings would just, like, marry them off. Yeah. And apparently, if they don't marry for love, they'll never conceive a son. Right. So they only have daughters. Right. But, when they do get married, they lose, ha like, almost all of their power. Right. Like, they don't get to be cool witches anymore. No. All of their power goes to their husbands. Yeah, their and, husbands become lucky. Yeah. And I'm like... Which is why they wanted to, like, marry these women off or use them as pawns. Right. So that they could say, well, but you marry this one, she's a witch, she'll be lucky, and, like... Yeah. Uh, and, and, but the whole time I was listening to this, I was like, oh, what about the witch trials? Are we even going to talk about those? Are we going to... Those were, one, real bad in England. Mm -hmm. We don't get that story in America. But it was real bad in England. Mm -hmm. But then they were also real bad here. Yeah. What are we not even gonna? We're not even. Oh, we're not gonna. Okay. Yeah. Not important that a bunch of women just died. We're just not gonna talk about it. Also, 
in reading this, I was like, so obviously the lesbians in the family have it the best off yes. because they get to find love and they get to keep their magic because they're not allowed to oh, get married. If I was a witch, if I knew that, I was like, no, fuck this. No. I'm never getting married. No, why I'm, wouldn't you? I'm going to fuck all the good dudes I want. Yeah. Sure. But I am never getting married. Okay. Here's what bothered me the most. The fact that they're witches didn't have any bearing on the plot at all. Not at... Like, was she... She was, like, transported in time via magic. Right. But some... That was it. Yeah, so... But that could have existed without the witches. Yes. And the witches were like, oh, we don't know anything about it. Right. Like, that's too powerful for us. And you need to be super powerful or something. And we don't know how to be powerful anymore because we married man. Yeah. So there's one point where they had a second ball where Charles gave Emma a potion to make her more desirable and gave Hartley a potion to make him more jealous when that easily could have been achieved by a pretty dress for her and a bunch of whiskey for him. Yep. And he did get really drunk that night. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. So it might have been nothing. It might have just been like rose water or something. So the fact, like, okay, okay, we've had this happen with spies a couple times. (laughs) Just, okay, if you introduce spies Witches, uh, monsters, ghosts, anything at all exciting. It has to impact the story. At all! At all! Why have witches if they don't do magic that has any effect on anything? What's the point of even having witches? No, it was really frustrating. Also, that was easily just traveled back in time for any reason. Right. The storm. The, like, we could just say, oh, storm. Storm traveled by. Or, like, oh, just portal. Time portal. Yeah, time portal. Like, you just quickly say, like, who knows? Who the fuck knows how you traveled back in time? Yeah, and, and that doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, like, I I was expecting, and we see this in the other book, that, like, this one thing, time travel, that n- nobody really can explain or, like, know the correct configuration of exists, and isn't that fucking weird? That's all. Yep. We didn't need the witches. Nope. Ah! It made me so angry. And it was a really strange way to have witches mm-hmm. in there. All of like the taking away of their power and like, you know, who they love or who they don't. And then at the end, like she tells Hartley, did you even know the women in your family are witches? He's like, oh yeah, all the men know. Yeah. Like, it's, we just keep it a secret from them that they think they're keeping it a secret from us. So stupid. And we just ensure that they always marry somebody that they love. And I'm like, this was the dumbest thing. Most Everything about this was awful, and I hated ever. it. And, and I hated her character, the way... Because she was... She just so... It was almost like they took a teenager. Yes. She wasn't even, like, an adult adult. She wasn't. She was a teenager who would just wanted to talk on her phone and really, really just wanted to just be herself in this really strange way and not like a historian. Like, if you were a historian and you travel back in time, you're like, Mm -hmm. holy fuck. Right? I get to know all these things. Yeah. I get to to see what actually happened. To jump ahead a little bit, the main character of the other book says kind of early into the book, like, history's not my thing. And we know she's about to go back in time, so we get to learn stuff with her because she's not expected to know things. Unlike someone who is a historian. Anyway, so Charles teaches her some how to be pretty or whatever. There was one passage that I enjoyed where somebody um, said something 
to her that was kind of bitchy. And Emma goes, I'm afraid I don't catch your meaning, I said, parroting the words Charles had taught me for whenever somebody said something I didn't like. And I was like, can we bring that back? Yeah. It's like, um, that dress looks awful on you. I'm afraid I don't catch your meaning. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they weren't saying anything so explicit as that. Right. Anyway, so then uh, Charles is like, okay, we need to win over the Duchess of Kent or whomever. And they're like, okay, she likes to go to this ice cream place. So they go to the ice cream place and they're like, "Mm, let's introduce you. Let's see what happens. And then her daughter starts choking and Emma does the Heimlich. And then the Duchess is like, you're my new best friend. Yep. Problem solved. Emily Blythe shows up. What am I going to do? She tells Charles. Charles is like, bop, bop, bop. She's going back to America now. Everything's fine. Like, Emma didn't have to do anything except uh, hide under a desk when there was a thunderstorm. And then at one ball when she decided to invite Hartley up to her room, she's like, I have to shave my legs, damn it. Oh my God, I was so pissed about that. So she got a straight razor, cut her knee... And pass the fuck out because of course she did. Yeah. Of fucking course she did. And then he found her in a pool of blood. Which freaked him out. Which freaked him out. Despite the fact that it was probably very obviously coming from her knee. Whatever. It was dumb. It was so... She didn't have to do anything. She just sort of like sat there and let things happen to her. And that's not interesting storytelling. No, and I was like, why is she shaving her legs? Uh, nobody in this time shaved their legs. He's, right. not a, he's gonna be weirded out if he touches her legs. And yeah. like, why did you shave your legs? Yes! <laughs> That's a weird thing for you to have done. Uh, I mean, it, your smooth skin feels nice, I guess, but also, guess. like, ah, oh, the maintenance. Now, why but, are you right, bothering? Right, because there's no, they don't have lotion. Yeah. She's just gonna be prickly. And, uh, and dry. And dry. Itchy. Oh, God. I did not understand what she was doing there. Okay. She did it because the author was like, oh, we need to have a reason for her to be passed out in a pool of blood. But she easily just could have fallen down or something. She might as well have. I feel like she did that a few times anyway. She was passed. Every time the author couldn't figure out how to make time move forward, they just had her pass out. She cut her finger. Someone else had a bloody nose and she just passed the fuck out. Oh my god. It was so stupid and awful. I wish someone had just like waited for her to pass out. And I want to talk about like the first almost sex scene. So, uh, so Lord Hartley and her get kind of drunk. Uh-huh. I think this is... Because she's never had booze before. Right, she's never... And I read that, I was like, you fucking kidding me? And then we found out her parents died in a car accident from a drunk driver. Right. And so she's like, so I don't want to drink. And I'm like, that's kind of understandable. Okay, sure. Right. But also, why are you a virgin? Why are you an orphan? Why are you afraid of thunderstorms and blood? Why do we have to have this? Why, so... Why don't you know how to, like, pay attention to your surroundings and adjust yourself accordingly? <laughs> Dumb American goodness. So, so she can hardly start making out. And honestly, at first, it was kind of sexy. And I was kind of into it. And they're on his bed, and it's kind of mm-hmm. neat. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. digging this. And then he reaches down to her secret sexy spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, obviously, like I'm like, oh, this is going to get fun. And she slaps him. Yeah. I was... <laughs> Like, yeah, she's like, they're so prudish in this time period. Girl! And then, and then uh, she slaps him? Uh, and he's like, you're right, I went too far. I was like, one, violence is not the answer. You do not, <laughs> like, no, you're in a bed with a man, and you're enjoying his company. You can say no. Mm-hmm. You can just go, hey, no, I'm not, I actually want to stop and slow down. This is going too fast. I don't think we should do this. That's what you do. And you he's don't. Just, 
hit people. He's a scared rabbit anyway when it comes to sex. So oh. she just has to say no and he'll snap right out of it right. and leave. And there, she, there's no history of her having hit people or that being a reaction she no. has. It was... I'm, I'm, I hated that. I hated that so much. Yeah. It was wrong. Don't hit people. What I also hated was um, they did the whole thing of like they found each other intoxicatingly attractive when they were angry, when the other person was angry. Yeah. Uh, there's one point... Oh, and she was always throwing stuff at him? She yeah, threw a she vase threw, at him. She was like, I'm not a thrower, but Co- I started throwing things. Completely intending to hit him, too. Uh, like, yeah, she, was, yeah, yeah. I thought the pillow was cute. I was fine when she threw a pillow at him because he was kind of being a jackass. It's a pillow. That's fine. Mm-hmm. The vase? No. Mm-hmm. No, you can you could hurt somebody. Yeah. And you're afraid of blood. Yeah. <laughs> he he's gonna you're gonna see his brain and then not be able to help him. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. So there's one point I where I wish that happened because the because <laughs> the chapters also switch off when it's following her. It's first person. When it's following Hartley, it's third person. I thought that was really weird. Yeah. Um, so in one of his chapters, it says she was annoyed with him. Hardly could tell. Hardly could tell. With the exception of his sisters, women were never cross with him. Barf. That was my exposition. Not, or, you know. Uh, <laughs> he should have been annoyed in turn, but instead he found it infinitely delightful. Okay, here's the thing. And this happens all the time. It's like, oh, they're so attractive when they're angry. That means that on at least a subconscious level, you're going to keep trying to make the other person angry because you find that attractive. And then you're going to fuck up your relationship because you're angry at each other all the time. Yeah. It's so stupid. And then he was jealous and possessive and she was moony and with low self-esteem. And it was... I'm sick of it. It's so fucking boring. Yeah. To have these interactions with people. And you would th- you would think like part of a, a modern writer writing for a modern audience about somebody traveling back in time was like aren't we especially a female writer writing about a, a woman be like aren't we so progressive now aren't we so like self possessed and self assured as modern women like yes yes you should be so as soon as you show up and Hartley's like mm, uh, mm, I I don't believe in love anymore because my fiance died mm, you're going to marry my brother nah, nah, nah. that's just like oh. He doesn't love me. Oh, the thunderstorms. They make me so scared. Ah! Fucking hated it. (laughs) Anyway, the very, the very ending I did like a little bit where she does, she ends up staying. Obviously they get married. The very last chapter, it cuts back to the present and Bex is like, oh my God, my friend has disappeared. Mm -hmm. I'm scared. And then the present-day Lord Hartley walks in, and Bex has a huge crush on him. And he was like, so, my solicitors have had this box for, like, 200 years, and I am supposed to give it to you. And then she opens it, and it's a series of journals that Emma wrote to Bex. Yeah. Like, this is what happened to me, this is what my life is like. And, of course, they have, like, I don't know, 32 kids or some shit, whatever. Yeah. Um, And that part was sweet, that it was like, I'm going to tell, like, this is where my life is now, and I'm so glad that the, like, the introductory letter didn't recount the whole book. Yeah. I was afraid that's what was going to happen, but it picks up, the the journals pick up several years after the plot of the past part of the book. So she's like, this is where I am now, and for the rest of my life, I'm going to write a journal entry to you every day to tell you about, like, my life and what it's like here. Because Bex 
is a historian who specializes in this time period. Also, another thing that really pissed me off, Emma was like, I have no idea what's going on. You've been reading this bitch's letters for how long now? And you have no idea how people talk, what things are, what is expected of you in society? What? Do you, well, are you I, not paying attention to anything? Absolutely anything. I super thought, like, we were also going to refer to those letters somehow. Like, she remembered something in the letters that she read that was like, oh, my God, I have been here. Oh, my God. Right? Like, she knows these things. Like, I thought they were going to be friends or something. Or she was, They were going to gain some knowledge. No. 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 She was a Absol- bitch. She was a bitch there. It was like the, the housekeeper was a bitch in the past. Yeah. Like, boring in the future. Dumb. We didn't even need to cover yeah, it. It was, it was stupid. Stupid. But then, so that bit with the journal, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of sweet. And I think, like, a good way to tie it up. Yeah. Because that's something that, like, I wouldn't necessarily think about. Like, oh, all the people I've left behind and, like, what are they thinking? Um, so it was kind of nice. But then, at the very, very end of that, Lord Hart, the present-day Lord Hartley was like, oh, there was a letter for me from my however many great times grandmother who said that I should go out with you, so I'm going to. That was gross. Just like, like I think what? one of the Why? last... Also, there was a letter telling him to hire Emma. Yeah. So it's like, oh, she made it so that she could be there. Despite the fact that she was not qualified for that position. At all. No. At all. She wasn't even a grad student. No. There was a point where she's like, I don't know what I'm doing next. Am I going to teach? Am I going to go to grad school? What am I going to do? They wouldn't let some kid with a BA handling uh, handle those old documents? No. <sighs> so that's the end of that book. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think you covered it. Like, uh, it was so infuriating. We'll talk a little bit about time travel after we read the second, after we talk about the second book. Because okay. there's stuff I want to talk about. And a conversation you and I had that we want to cover. Sure. But like, no, I was... There was so much more in this book that I thought could be fun and could be yes. interesting. But she was just such an idiot character. She was so and dumb. She was boring. Yeah. And I, I completely didn't. I didn't care about her yeah. problems. I was like, oh, yeah. please just let her get hit by a horse and carriage or something. Something. There was her. Her struggle had no stakes. She had no reason to go back. I will say to one thing that I I wish the book had leaned harder on. Hartley was falling in love with her. Sure, he was he was getting off on the fights. But yeah. one of the th- he liked that she was smart. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't think she was smart, but he liked that she was unexpected. She she was smart in a lot of ways. That she knew math. I guess he was <laughs> that. Um, yeah, she offered to help him with his like account book or something, and he's like, "What?" Yeah. First of all. Well-to-do women of that time would know how to do that yeah. because they were responsible for managing the house. Yep. They they would know how much each servant was making. Yep. What they spent on candles that week. Yep. Fucking hell. Yeah. Ugh. Really, that was very frustrating. But I'm gonna say Sorry. like so a lot of the like the list of reasons that he liked her like. Because she was beautiful was like a little further down mm-hmm. on the list. She was funny. She had jokes. She was unexpected. She liked a lot of the same things he she did. She passed out, so he got to rescue her a lot. Right. I mean, sure. But I'm going to say, like, there was a path this book could have gone where he was falling in love with her for all the reasons we want men to fall in love with women. Because of who they are. 
Uh, but it never but, but it kept stopping and it, yeah, never, it yeah, was yeah. like no it's because of the fights and it's because of all the normal things it's because of jealousy yeah the stupid things so like for me her getting back whether or not she got back to the present day there were no stakes because she only had one friend yeah and uh, she was a virgin orphan this was the best place for her this time right. period yeah she she fit in with half of them anyway um the her trials and tribulations during being back in time had no stakes because Charles was always there to fix everything for her and being in that time period had no stakes nobody got sick nobody had to worry about anything no nobody got a cold nobody got pneumonia Mm -mm. nobody got consumption I did like the moment where she was giving birth and she kept saying did the doctor wash his hands and they're like why do you care about that so much she's like believe me yeah I was like okay that's fine that's a fun joke whatever anyway I yeah it was so obnoxious but I want a book about Charles 100% (laughs) we can move on to the next book yeah All right, so we're going to get to the next book. But first, we're going to talk about a network of podcasts that we enjoy. Yes, our friends have a network of podcasts called Let Me Listen Podcasts, and we think they're great and funny. You'll find such wonderful uh, comedy podcasts on them as a Narrative Comedy Brawl, Let Me Finish, and Ooh. yes, Classic Comedy Review Show, Late Seating. Ah. Um, also, I highly recommend a podcast I took part in one time that Bragging was super fun. much? Fact. Um, it's an improvisational horror comedy serial, American Monsters, and How to Destroy Them. Oh, that's an important life lessons. Fact. So where can we find all of these wonderful podcasts? Well, you can find them in all the usual places. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can also go to their website, lemmelistenpodcast.com. Great. Let's do it right now. No, first we're going to talk about the other book. And then go go find their podcast. These are the things we're doing. Yeah. The Spanish Pearl by Catherine Friend. When Kate Vincent and her partner travel to Spain, Kate is accidentally transported back in time. Dot dot dot. Way back in time. Dot dot dot. To 1085. What does a woman like Kate do in a world of no antibiotics, no feminism, no Diet Coke? She denies it as long as possible, then sets her mind to getting home. Tricky, with her now useless 21st century skills. Things don't go well. Kate is captured by a band of mercenary soldiers and becomes an unwitting pawn in the violent conflict between the Catholic kings and the Islamic Moors. In her struggle to stay alive and return to the future, Kate must flee exotic harems, filthy dungeons, and treacherous Moorish courts. But when a sword-brandishing woman with an astonishing secret sweeps into Kate's life, Kate is suddenly torn between two women and between two centuries. The Spanish Pearl is an epic adventure spiced with humor, lust, and danger. A story with surprising twists that will capture your imagination, just as Kate's dilemma captures your heart. So that's, um... That's what the book that's says. That's what the book says. That could have been better written. Um, <laughs> Claire. Yes? What actually happens? Well. <laughs> okay. So I think, important to say in the outset, this was more like... Uh, historical fiction, which I love. I do like reading historical yeah, fiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was like historical fiction with a time travel element where the person that we're following is 
traveling back in time. To 1085. Yeah, to 1085 Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And I, there's so much that was... And this was this writer, unlike the last one, knew a shit ton about this time period. She did research. Yeah. She And, and explained things in a way that didn't sound like bulky exposition. Well, and I think she probably covered her bases as exactly how she wrote this. Because they're talking about romance novels at the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. Kate and Anne, who are married, mm-hmm. and they talk about romance novels, and Anne says... Anna. Anna, sorry. Yeah. And Anna says that maybe she's just going to become one of those uh, histor- history professors who, on a break, writes a historical romance novel. Right. And they, right. And they joke about it. And I'm like, oh, that's exactly what this woman is. Like, yeah, 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 the, yeah. The writer of this book, obviously... It, it like knows so much about the time period because she studied it, actually mm-hmm. studied it, and now is having a fun time writing a historical time traveling romance. Right. And putting herself right. in the position of if I'd gone back. But also like taking herself out of it because uh, the character we're following back only knows as much as she's cared to glean from her wife. Right. Uh, so her wife is super into this time and this mm-hmm. time period and this in Spain and she was, uh, our main character speaks Spanish, but other than that, uh, doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, she's like history is not my thing. She's an artist. She's a visual artist. Uh huh. She's like I know Anna's super into history. Not my thing. Right. Which is great because then we don't expect her to know anything. Right. Or do anything. She knows just enough to know where she is and what's happening mm-hmm, and the people mm-hmm. around her and be surprised. And she speaks Spanish. Right. Which is helpful. Um, and not enough to know the future so she doesn't know exactly what happens oh, next. Right, 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 right. Or how long it takes for things to happen. Like, yeah. she doesn't know when the Moors left, really. Right. And she knows broad strokes, like, I'm sure a lot of us do, that there was a time that, like, the Moors and the Catholics were fighting over Spain. Right. And... There was this scene that I kind of enjoyed. They were on a tour of the ruins of some castle, and Kate Kate and Anna were being shown around by this guy who worked there, and Kate was like, oh, because the, the Catholics were the good guys and the Moors were the bad guys, right? And they're like, no, that's, that's not how history works. Right. Always. Like, it's a little great, because this and this, and then this and this, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay. And there's a, there's a part where the character's like, it's hard for me if there isn't a good guy and a bad guy. And then over the course of the book, she realizes that that's a very rudimentary way of thinking about things. So when she's caught up in like the court intrigue and stuff. So I appreciated that. Yeah. And I thought the court intrigue was great. It was great. Yeah. Super fun court intrigue things. And unlike our previous character who goes back in time, uh, I think Kate is actually a smart person. She's smart. She is smart, and she, she knows, knows how to blend to shut in. Up and listen. She knows when to shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took her a long time to realize she'd gone back in time. Yeah, despite the fact that she got she somebody tried to rape her almost immediately oh, and all the time. Yeah, but yeah, uh, and I kind of like in this book to uh, the pirate novel that we read. In some ways, where there was like big adventures and oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, sublime and spirited voyage of the original sin. Yes. yes. Um, and so I kind of likened it to there that sort of book. There was real danger. Yes. The danger was real. She could easily die. People around her died. Yeah. Uh, there was... Uh, she could make a bad mistake, and all kinds of things could happen. Uh, several things also happened in this book, which were great. She got her period. Yes. And had to deal with that in the back in olden times. Yeah. 
she got diarrhea because she wasn't used to eating the food. Yeah. Um, Which sounded really good, though. Oh, it did. When she was talking about the food that they were eating, it sounded so good. Right. Because she, she spends most of the book... She gets picked up by Catholic mercenaries who are currently serving one of the Moorish... I forget the word that they use, but like not governor, but like yeah, yeah. Sort of in not, charge of yeah, this. Yeah, it's not quite a king, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like one of the Moorish kings, and so she spends most of the book in in the palace that she was taking the yeah. tour of earlier in the book, and she like explains the banquets and all the food that they ate, and mm-hmm. it all sounded really good. oh super delicious. Well, and since she's in the harem, uh, she's with the harem eats, and mm-hmm. this particular harem is well taken care of. Yeah, and they eat great food all day. They eat great food all day, and then it was like. The author being like, no, this is what harems were actually like. It was, like, women and their kids, just saying, because of, like, the culture and religious interpretations that, like, women should have their own space where the women are. And so they would just, like, hang out and just, like... Yeah, it was like these were rich, noble women who weren't in charge of the household who were just attached to other household members mm-hmm. and just all lived together with their kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was it. That was it. That's, and it, was, it seemed very lovely. Yeah. I was like, oh, that would be nice. Yeah. As long as it was stable. It seems like it's instable. Yes. Because there's... also they're kind of slaves, and if they're not... And they could be, like, traded. Yeah, they're not allowed to leave the harem, mm-hmm. like, the, the part of the harem, like, the part of the palace that was the harem without an export, an ex-escort. Right, but also the, the harem was the one place where they could be without a veil. Mm-hmm. Because they're just amongst each other. Yeah. And they took baths. Uh-huh. I love so that this, this book pointed out that, like, at the time, Catholics thought that water and soap was bad for you. So, like, Catholics didn't bathe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. God, so I'm yeah. just like no, no, no. I mean, magic. so she goes back in time because uh-huh. she really wanted to go to this cave, which sounded cool, right? The reason they're in Spain. Oh yeah, that whole thing, <laughs> which, which was dumb. I really kind of hated the reason that they were back. Uh, the reason they went to Spain was because they were going to adopt a child, mm-hmm. and this tra- child's name is Arturo. They're going to adopt him. Uh, they're delayed in the adoption process, so they gotta go go on a tour of this cold. town, and they do go to Spain specifically because Anna is interested in adopting a child from Spain because right. it's part of you know all the things that she loves and studies. Right, right, right. I was surprised. I was like, is Spain adopting out kids to lesbian? What's going? On? This book was written in two thousand seven. Uh huh. So there was a like, and there was a line that's like basically like America freaks out when two women want to adopt a kid, so we're like. Go into the EU where we're allowed to, and it's fine. And right. Yeah. So they can't... So she wants to go to a place that Arturo loves, and Arturo loves these caves. Mm-hmm. So she's going to go see the caves because Arturo loves them. Yeah, but she, Anna wanted to go do something else. Right, and wasn't interested in caves. She goes back, uh, and she falls down a hole, and time travels. Time travels. Time travels. She takes a nap, doesn't she? It's a nap hole like she fall. Feels, there was a strange, like, she went beyond she feels, a, a, there was, like, a, a thing that was, like, don't cross this line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she, like, got dizzy, so she, like, sat down and took a nap. And then she woke up or something. And woke up back in time. Uh, where she's picked up by the mercenaries, as you mm-hmm. said. It's semi-violent. Led by Luis Navarro. Right. And Luis Navarro is right away hot. Uh-huh. Like, like our girl is like, dang, this reenactor is hot. <laughs> and then later, 
dang, this isn't a reenactment. I'm back in the old timesies and this guy's still hot. This guy is still hot. Which is weird because I'm a lesbian. Right. So right away, I knew that Lewis was a girl. Right away. Right away. But. Uh Uh-huh. No. Okay. I'm going to sum up and then we're going to get back to this. Okay. So I know right away because she's like, oh, such long eyelashes and feminine features for a man. Yeah. But then at the same time, it was like, oh, but he's too. I wrote it down. Sorry. He's too. Besides, Luis was too fast and too strong and too much of a guy to ever be a woman. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, writers, when you say stuff like that, we all know that it's going to be the gender that you're trying to convince us that this person is not. Yeah, like, we no all know now. this. And she keeps saying to herself, she's like, but I'm so into ladies. Why am I into this guy? And I'm right. like, she did the is- exact same thing that happens in the books where it's like the straight person gets a crush on someone that they think is the same gender as them. And it's like, I have a crush on this person who's the same gender as me. Am I gay? Yeah. And then she's like, what is it? Am I still a lesbian? What's happening? It's like, I mean, like, yeah, it, it takes something to adjust to, but like, you don't need to like freak out about it. It was, it was very Ugh. strange. And so anyway, she's in the harem. She has to learn to survive. Yeah. Um, eventually, I'm, I'm summing up real fast because yeah, 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 so yeah. much happens in this book. A lot happens in it's this book. It's very intense. Yeah. So much happens in this book. She has to figure out how to survive. She does. She gets she by. She pick up a couple other languages. She has to pick up some other languages, Arabic. some other skills. Um, she she more or less, she, she becomes part of the community. Mm-hmm. More or less, um, she and Lewis end up getting married kind of to save herself because uh, the princess... Also wants to have sex with mm-hmm. with Kate, and Kate's like, "No, nah, I'm not having sex with her." Well, first she was like, "Oh, I can Although get she her." Should have. She she Kate read this thing, or like some some wizened old man told her some. I don't know. She felt like that she had to get to a certain place, and going to that place would let her get back. Yeah. And so the princess Walada was. Just, I don't wear a veil. I get to fuck whoever I want and tell everyone about it because I'm the fucking princess. What are you going to do about it? And then everyone's like, she's real dangerous. Watch out. But Kate is like, oh, but she seems so, like, self-possessed and so open-minded about things and it'll be great. So the princess is like, so, Kate, we're going to fuck, right? And Kate's like, yeah, but first I need to get to this town can you take me? And the princess is like, totally, totally, totally. So we're going to fuck now, right? And they sort of string each other along until Kate realizes that it's never going to happen. So she turns the princess down. And then the princess tries to assassinate her. Several like, times. Four times. Yeah, it was There's great. poison. There's like a guy in the marketplace with a knife or something. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, there's, there's a crazed horse. But apparently she draws the line at marriage. Like, if somebody's married, they are off limits, and she has to leave them alone. Mm-hmm. So, Kate and Luis decide to get married. Also, one of the new harem girls, they found out that she wasn't a virgin, and people think that she was having the affair with Luis. Right. Which she wasn't. So, Luis is like, hey, if I marry you, they won't think that I was fucking this chick. And if you marry me, the princess won't try and kill you anymore. Right. So they get married. And nobody's really surprised because they've been hanging out with each other a lot. Because they have this great repartee. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And the thing is that, like, what I found kind of interesting is that, like, yeah, he was kind of gruff with her and they were at odds a lot. 
But all of it, it was all motivated by him being like, you need to be careful or you're going to die. Yeah. It was It was the, like, the protective impulse that we always see. But usually it's just like, I have to protect her because I am a man. But this was like, girl, I... I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. You don't know how shit works around here. You're kind of pretty, so I don't want you to die. Yeah. So just do what I say. Okay. It made total and Kate's sense. like, no, no, no. Oh, maybe I should. Yeah, no, it was great. And their friendship made sense. Yes. Kate's like, the way Kate talks, like, was fun and mm-hmm. Louis was right in for it. Mm-hmm. it Louis was right in for it. It was great. Yeah. They had a wonderful time. They get she married. She learned to modify her speech appropriately. She did. She knew not to talk, make references to things that people didn't know anything about. Right, except for fun jokes for that were for herself. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. And that was great. Yeah. She and Louis get married. They're going to consummate the relationship because they've been totes into each other this whole time. This they've whole had some time. kisses that were <laughs> furtive and really lovely. Furtive. Super sexy. Like one time he just backs her up into an archway and they just start kind of making out hardcore and they're both into it. It's like, this is fucking hot. <laughs> I'm real into this. This is great. So they're making out in Luis's room. The boudoir. The boudoir. At which point we see for sure Luis is lady, not a man. Ta-da! Uh, and here's where it's going to get off the rails for Neil and I emotionally. But I'm going to skip some things just so I can get to the end of the book. So uh, for a while, Kate's whole obsession is trying to get Luis to admit he's a woman. Like, she obsesses about it. Obsesses and it's weird. About, it's really bizarre. And then she decides, okay, Lewis isn't going to help me get to this magic place to help me go back go back to my true time period. I'm just going to have to go. She meets this monk. This monk's like, I'm traveling. Maybe I can take you. She's like, great. She sneaks out. Um, she and the monk travel along. She finds out the monk is actually also a time traveler. Yes. He's also from the future. And uh, he's super excited to meet somebody else who's from the mm-hmm. from the future. He's been kind of enjoying himself though. Oh yeah. Like learning well, things. He's a he's a he's a he's a dude. Yeah. And he he's just, a dude who disguised himself as a religious pilgrim. Right. So everyone more or less left him alone. Right. And like, he knew he the was, time period he was in. Right. And even though he was staying at the the Moorish palace, he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm a pilgrim." And they're like Okay, your religion's dumb, but sure, we encourage learning, and I know you want to learn stuff. So, yeah, hang out with us. It's fine. You're staying for, like, a month? Great. Great, great, great. Yeah. So, he, he, he knew how to play the game. Yeah. Until he did it. Until he did until it. Until they got attacked. They get attacked. Almost right away. Right away. And she gets taken to a bad harem, mm-hmm. where she has to be... Uh, rescued from one of Louis's former Louis's former compatriots, who mm-hmm. is a terrible person now. He's a monster, and he he more or less like uh, uh, he more or less taming of the shrews her to try to yeah. like, have consensual non consensual sex with yeah, her. Yeah, he chains her up and is like, "Oh, I'm saving you from um, you know this other the other Moorish prince who wants to kill you." Because and this this I found really interesting too, um, the fact that she was an artist actually mattered in mm-hmm. the book. Because at one point she did a drawing of someone, and because it involved perspective, which hadn't been invented yet, 
they thought that she was like trying to steal that person's soul. So then the princess was like, oh, hey, can you draw a picture of my uncle to steal his soul? The uncle who's like the, the other prince who's the asshole finds out about it and wants to kill her. So then this other, um, the former compatriot of Luis's was like, oh, I'm keeping you in this dungeon so that he, he doesn't ask about you because he just knows that you're in the dungeon. But I'm, I'm trying to, I'm really looking out for you. And even though he's got her strung up by her hands. Right, right, right. And and then he like starves her and to the point that like, she becomes emotionally and physically dependent on him for survival. Mm -hmm. So, right. So, uh, and so when given the opportunity, she totes cuddles into him, and he thinks now it's time to play the sex with me card. And she's mm-hmm. like, "No, fuck it, I'm awake now." This she, is yeah, right. she kind of snaps out of it and was like, "You fucking asshole!" Yeah. Yes. So fact. then she's she's rescued by Luis, and uh, they're gonna try to get. So she convinced. She tells him like, "From the future, I'm from the future," mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yep, I believe it." And, and it, it actually was a great scene. It made total sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they're gonna it's try like to that get explains there. Explains a lot. Sure, why not? They're gonna try to get there. He only is gonna take her part the way because he's completely in love with her and doesn't want her to see her to go back to the future. But then also he's been banished from the region, which is still Catholic owned, where the where time the portal town is, is probably. So they meet up with his friend Nuno, who's mm-hmm. gonna like take her the rest of the way right and nuno has known uh luis's secret luis doesn't know that nuno knows right right uh and nuno is also in love with luis (sighs) but is being totally cool no 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 i know and but is being you know it just wants to see him happy so is working on it right right right. but then he's like oh i only call him him because we'll we'll get to that in a second because i think that Ah! deserves its whole thing Ah! it deserves a whole thing unto itself i'm just i'm just gonna get to the end of the book okay fine 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 so uh, Louis is gonna. Luis is gonna let them go by themselves to the magic portal. They have one last night together. They have one last magical, sexy scene. night. Nuno's like, I'm gonna go sit on that hill over there. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and but now Kate has changed her mind. She's like, No, no, no. Why should I go back? Why should I go back into the future? Because this- at this point, we realize that. She and Anna are terrible for each other. Yeah, and they always have been. This right. relationship hasn't been going well. There's, she doesn't actually want to be a mom. I know. She's she's like, I don't think I'm ready for kids. There was something that I didn't even remember until I was like looking at my notes again. And it was... It had been Anna's idea to adopt. And since she supported me, the starving artist, I felt it was important to support her desire to have a family. My best friend Laura said that was a dumb reason to adopt, but who listens to their best friend's advice? And I said, thank you, Laura. Yeah. So she's like, I feel indebted to this person, so I'm going to raise a family because that's what she wants. That's a stupid, terrible, awful reason to that start a family. That is a very stupid reason to start a family. And if you feel that you're in that position in your relationship, you might want to reevaluate the relationship. Fact. Anyway... anyway. So she decides she's just going to stay in this time. She goes to look for uh, Luis, and he's been captured <gasps> by the former compatriot, who's the evil, who's the big bad in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they rescue Luis. His name was Gudesto Gonzalez. Yeah. They rescue Luis. Um, uh, Gudesto found out uh, Luis was uh, sexually elate, you know, like, you know, biologic, biologic female. And so he rapes her a bunch. Oh, in yeah. a really horrific way and then our Kate has to try to like get Lewis out of the funk he's in and bring him back to life in a way so otherwise like, known as trauma right 
and does like shock therapy which works which was a real dumb scene and I hated it and then they decide to live together and that's the end that's the end uh, so she, so the moral of this book, she stays in the same time period. So now let's focus on the thing that was awful. Uh. So she finds out that Lewis is a biological female mm-hmm. and spends the rest of the book obsessed about it. Yeah. Uh, Lewis says over and over and over again, it is super important that you always refer to me and think of me as a man. My life literally depends on it. Here are examples of women who have dressed as men being killed in the street for it. Here are all the reasons why. Also, I feel comfortable as a man. I think of myself as a man. I am a man. I am a man. Please think of me for my safety and for the love of the people I have a love for as a man. And Kate, who is from the future, re-fucking fuses. Yeah. In her mind, she's like, it's a she, it's a she. She learns, like, Lewis's, I'm only going to refer to as a dead name because practically Lewis refers to that as the dead name in the book. She's like, what's your name? And he's like, Luis. And she's like, no, but what's your real name? And he's like, Luis. My name is Luis. Yeah. And she's like, what was your name before? And he's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. And then she just, like, obsesses over it. Right, and then when she finds out, like, I was like, oh, no, I left my sister to die. I am my sister, but I left my sister to die. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is, no, this is Luis. This Mm -hmm. is Luis. He is Luis. He prefers to be known as Luis. He is Luis. Stop fucking around with this. And Kate nearly gets Luis killed so many times. Yeah. Just because she wants to have sex with who she thinks Louise should be, which is right. a woman, which is not true. Yeah, it's... Okay, so there's one part where shortly after Kate realizes that Louise is... I mean, we'll say trans. Yeah. Um, and Kate's sort of, like, mulling it over. She didn't quite... She didn't fit, but he wasn't right either. Do I follow the transgender conventions and call her he? Did she want to be a man? Or was she just living as one? And then Kate just decides to call her she. Yeah. To call him she. Sorry. And it's just like, bitch. Well, he has told you several times. Yeah. For several reasons. But then, like, we, over the course of this book, it sort of implies that Luis is living as a man because of trauma. Which I didn't like. I didn't like that either. But also, I'm sorry. I didn't like that either, but the thing I kept coming back to was he was very clear. He was very clear several times. Refer to me as a he. Treat me as a he. Mm -hmm. When we make love, I want to make love as a he. Right. These are important things to me. He said again and again Mm -hmm. and again. And so when we're talking with Nuno, as you Mm -hmm. were saying before, Nuno's like, oh, I've always thought of him as a he. I've him in my mind as a he and his name is Luis. Even though the first time Nuno saw Luis was he Luis was they like trained together under the same yeah. captain or whatever. Luis was on his way to train with this guy and Nuno happened to be like out in the woods and caught Luis peeing and like 
was like, oh, that's interesting. And then Luis showed up at the camp or whatever. And was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna call him Luis because otherwise bad shit could happen. And Kate fucks up, too. Yeah. She accidentally calls Luis she. And fortunately, it's in front of Nuno. And Nuno's like, and Kate's like, what have I done? And Nuno's like, no, I know. But also, don't fuck it up. Yeah. Like, this person we both love Mm -hmm. could die if you fuck this up. Yeah. And and she convinces Luis to have sex with her out in the open, but uh, as a woman. Mm -hmm. And Luis is like, I really don't think we should do this. Like, what if we get caught? And she's like, we're not going to get caught. It's fine. And they get get caught. And Luis is famous. Right. He even has a nickname, El Picador. Right. Which is the bullfighter. Um, And for those of you who maybe are interested in where they're fitting in in history, so this is the time of El Cid. And in fact, this is El Cid's group. mm -hmm. And El Picador is El Cid's first lieutenant. Right. So this is real history, real people. And while well, El Picador isn't a real person, yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is. But the the person that we know as El Cid's first lieutenant is there also. And Kate has a moment that's like, okay, so I know that guy is El Cid's first lieutenant, but everyone's saying Luis is. So like, what happens to Luis that he doesn't end up in the history books? You almost get him killed. You almost get him killed, Kate. You dumb bitch. I was so pissed. I was Ugh. like, Kate, get with the fucking times. Yeah, I I feel though. Again, this book was written in two thousand seven. I'd like to give this writer the benefit of the doubt and think that if she wrote this book now, it would have been different. Like, their conversations around Luis's gender expression would have been different. I kind of want to give the writer the benefit of the doubt, except all the other characters in the book were giving this character very good reasons. Yeah. Like, really good reasons. Right. I did... I thought the Mr. Sugar scene was funny, in a way, but also horribly sad (laughs) because like so Kate pulls out like uh, what um, Luis has been using for a phallus Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just a leather bag full of sugar and they refer to it now as Mr. Sugar like (laughs) I can feel Mr. Sugar in my back (laughs) and I thought forward that was fine Mm -hmm. but also like yeah yeah that's his penis that's what he's choosing to use as his phallus but fucking shut up. <laughs> if you love this person and you mm-hmm. do, what are you doing? What are you doing, Kate? Yeah, Kate, it was basically like Kate didn't want to deal with the fact that she was attracted to a trans man. So yeah. she decided to misgender Louise to make her feel better about her own sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, and that was... Kate, 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 Kate. Really unfortunate. Yeah. I... Like and it was it was hard to read and it was sad at those times and like because yeah. there was so much about Kate that I was enjoying reading like smart and funny and interesting and that she was able to fit in with this time and I thought wow the one thing you could have taken from the future I the one know. thing and that was the thing you refused <sighs> yeah I mean nobody's perfect but this is where she could have learned that lesson right I felt like I was learning that lesson in this book right. And ugh, it was it was frustrating. It was very frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, that was Let's, that book. That was that book. Okay. Let's play fuck Mary kill with fuck the characters. Mary kill. Uh, who should go first? Uh, 
Hello. Do you want to go first? Okay, sure. You go first. Okay. Claire. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Uh-huh. Regency fashion. <laughs> Moorish cooking. Uh-huh. Or all the animal friends that they had in the harem. Oh. Mm. We didn't really get to... There was a pet deer and a pet monkey. I what? think there was like a peacock at one point. Yeah, well, there's... Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. They there was a whole menagerie it. in there It was a menagerie them. in yeah. there. So Regency fashion, Moorish cooking, or the harem Oh, pets. I am marrying Moorish cooking. Oh, yeah. Yummy. <laughs> Everything sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum, yum. I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm marrying that. Okay. Um... I think I'm going to fuck Regency fashion. Okay. If only because fun. You know, right at. Sure. Uh, it, it's enjoyable, but also because all of those animals were terrible. They were always getting into trouble. The monkeys were stealing things. <laughs> the monkeys were stealing. The, the deer got a broken leg. Although I did appreciate the parrot ate her food, and then the parrot died, and the food was poisoned. That's how she so, found out that it was. Yeah. Good job, parrot. Yeah, yeah, good job, parrot. Although, ooh, sad. So he did die. I So he did kill him. Like, <laughs> We're going to kill them because they're going to eat our food to double check to make sure it's not poisonous. That's what those animals are for now. <laughs> hey, hey, dear, try my couscous. Oh, it's dead now. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, that food sounded so good. Yeah, I would do the exact same. I would marry that cooking. I was super pissed in the uh, first book. Uh-huh. Uh, her relationship to food, the English food, was terrible. Her relationship to food as a human being was awful, yeah. first of all. But she was like, oh, but my skin is so much clearer now because I guess I'm eating this good food. I was like, uh, one, your skin would not be clearer because you are not washing nearly as much as you're you did before. You're not washing as much. And you're not washing time, with something good. Every and time you're allowed out of the house, there's soot everywhere because we're in the Industrial Revolution and you're in London. Yeah. Uh, also, the food isn't that good back then. It's like there was n- England uh, in 1816 was not known for its good for you right? food. There was one point where she's like, I don't eat carbs. And it's like, good fucking luck with that. And then she was confused that her maid didn't understand what it meant when she said she didn't eat carbs. Oh my god. Well, you dumb bitch! Well, and she finally gets to eat ice cream, and uh-huh. she's so excited. She wants mm-hmm. ice cream, mm-hmm. and then she gets it, and it was obviously real chocolate. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I wish it was, like, sweeter and had mil- more milk. And I was like, wow, no, you were eating real chocolate. This is the one time you were actually eating something that is better than what it is now, and you're fucking it up. Right. She's you like, obviously don't like chocolate. You like weird candy. Right. There was one part when she said, she was like, it, it needed milk and sugar. Maybe I can invent that, too. I was like, invent milk and sugar? Those, those exist. What the fuck are you talking about, lady? I know. She's the worst. Anyway... Um, I'm going to also marry Moorish cooking and fuck Regency fashion. But obviously I would be a dandy. Obviously. Yeah. And then I would kill the harem pets. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Neil Higgins. Yeah. Fuck, Mary kill. Yeah. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Time traveling caves. Okay. Uh, or time traveling closets. Okay. Or people with X's in their names. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, I think I made this one hard. This, yeah, it. One of these things is not like the others. Okay, I'm going to. I think I'm going to. Ki- 
kill time traveling caves. Uh huh. Because they're damp and cold and also far apart. Apparently, a one way trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I would fuck time traveling closets. <laughs> That is not a sentence I would ever even conceive of existing before this very moment. Um, and I guess I'll marry people with X's in their names. Oh, yeah? I'm um, killing people with X's in their names. Uh, well, I can think of some good ones. Oh, sure. But uh, from, the, the, from the book head, but... Bex and Jackson? I like Bex. I'm killing her. She's the kind of friend you keep around to feel better about your own life. Oh. <laughs> But also she actually, <laughs> But also she knew what the fuck she was doing with those letters. Look, I wanna kill Jackson. That's fair. So I'm gonna kill Bex too. Oh sorry. Collateral damage. No no no, it's because both of these people had X's in their names for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Bex's well, name wasn't like Rebecca. It wasn't short for Becky or something. It was just like, she just liked Bex. But if it was Bex with a CK, then she would have been Bex like... Like the beer. Like, like no, the, like, the, um, Beckham. Oh, right. But that was part of, the, that's why she was Bex. Because she was oh, so... Oh, he with she an was, X? No, oh, she was right. bad at soccer and they're like, look at you, Beckham. Because he's, they call him Bex. Right, but I thought it was a CK. It doesn't. Well, they, it, it doesn't I could matter. I be wrong. I don't know. There's no reason for the X in her name. Okay. There's no reason for the X in her name. I love how much this upsets you. This upsets me so much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. I get to marry him. He has an oh, X in his name. Yeah, but I mean, his X makes sense. <laughs> so it's not the X's. It's like the the. The superfluous sense, X's. Yes, the superfluous X's. Okay. And maybe just the people with X's in these books. I just want to kill these people. Okay. Great. <laughs> Great. Um, of all the characters, uh-huh. who would you fuck, who would you marry, and who would you kill? Mm, okay. Um, I think I would fuck, uh, fuck uh, Wadahala. Mm-hmm. Because she seemed, one, super fun. Uh-huh. Dangerous and really probably good at sex. <laughs> like, also, like, I mean, just like, I'm, the whole time is like, yeah, Kate, have sex with her. It's fine. You're back in time. Right. She was doing that weird thing at the time where she's like, oh, but I'm married to Anna and this is like cheating. And I'm like, yeah, but no, you're it's terrible not. for each other. You're, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, when are you ever going to have sex with a princess again? The answer is never. Do it, girl. Back. She okay. is hot for you. It is fine. It's probably get her yeah. in your good graces. Yeah, and I think... But she tires of people. And if, if I remember correctly, if she likes you enough and gets bored with you, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But some of the people she got bored with disappeared. I would also say in this book, she absolutely could have had sex with her and still married Luis and been fine. Yeah. There's no reason there shouldn't have been a sex scene in this yeah, book, is what true. I'm saying. Anyway. Anyway. I totally have sex with her. Okay. Um, and, oh, I think I'd marry... So, the traveling monk, his name was Grimaldi. Uh-huh. He was saying that he was French. I'm like, that's not a French there name, was but some, okay, whatever. Yeah, there, well, and I think because he was, like, nobody around there spoke French, so he could just, like, fuck around. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah, he yeah, needed yeah. to be from far away. Yeah. But, 
Uh, he was super fun. I thought he 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 wanted to yeah. travel. Is that part where he, he was like a nice fished guy. out of the river? Yeah, like he just he seemed like really smart. He knew mm-hmm. what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He had I I would totally marry him. He seemed great. Okay, like absolutely. Um, kill. Um. Oh, good lord, Emma. Good lord. No, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm just going to um, drain a little bit of blood out of you, or prick your finger, and you're just going to fall backwards in a faint and then hit your head on a countertop. And it's all done. <laughs> and then if she wakes up, she'll see the blood around her and just pass out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Great. Ugh. Okay. I was so upset with her. I was so upset with her. Okay. And Neil? Uh, I would fuck Luis. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one point where he had obviously bathed for Kate, which is unusual for Catholic people at the time. Um... So I'd be like, hey, just look, take a quick bath. Okay, great, thanks. Um, and then I would marry Charles, Aunt Charles. Uh-huh. Oh, because she was delightful. She was great. Landon Gendry. Also, I'd get super lucky and good at everything I do, because I'd steal yeah. her magic. She had a shit ton of money. She had so much money. She was great. And then I would uh, kill Emma and Hartley together at the same time. Yep, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, okay. The books? Oh, oh, this is hard. Yeah. Um, there was so much... Well, there's an easy one and a difficult one. Right. Well, because the Spanish Pearl, there was so much that was cool in it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And really, it was fun to read. Mm-hmm. There was an adventure mm-hmm. aspect to it that was um, different than the other adventure books, but it was also like... Uh, it was just a really well written and fun. And... Uh, but I... I was just so upset. Mm-hmm. I so ups- so upset. So I feel like um, I'll fuck that book. I'm not going to marry it. No, yeah. Uh, I don't feel like I should kill it. I'll fuck that book. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kill Once Upon a Time Travel or whatever that book was called. <laughs> whatever the fuck that book was called. Uh, I would also fuck Spanish Pearl. Mostly because, again, I feel that if that writer decided to write that book now that it would have been handled a lot better yeah so um and then i would kill once upon a time travel something else i wanted to mention about it the cover is insane it's two people standing you know a man and a woman back to back in their regency clothing he has obviously been touched up a little bit her face is like airbrushed to all hell. She doesn't have features anymore. It's weird. It's so they look like they're from two different pictures. Yeah. It's super bizarre. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. So the book was awful. The book was awful. Except for Charles. Except for Charles. And the the maid was not the head maid, Mrs. Farnsworth, but um Emma's maid. You know, Bridget or something. She was fun. <laughs> um yeah. So So what are we reading next time? Oh my goodness, Neil. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, reading two books, obviously. The first one is called Stealing the Wind Mermen of Ea Trilogy Book One <laughs> by, by Shariah Anthony. Uh huh. The second one is The Mermaid's Escape. <laughs> Mythology Romance, The Siren Series, Book One, by Kelly McAllen. 
We're reading mermaids. I don't mermaids. I don't even have to guess because you pull a Neil and you just pick the weirdest shit with the thing in the title. Yes. Great, great job. Mermaids, great job. mermaids, mermaids. I had a hard mermaids. time picking these books because I was thinking, oh, maybe I want to do something New Year'sy and first kissy, mm, and, and so mm, I went mm. down that rabbit Isn't hole. Isn't that everything we've ever read so far? Oh my! But like specifically, where it was like New Year's in the title, uh-huh. or like it was absolutely okay. about like like they were at a New Year's party when they met or mm-hmm. something like very New Year's is mm-hmm. what I was looking for or mm-hmm. Christmas or something and I was looking and I was like Ugh, I just couldn't find anything that I liked mm-hmm. and then all on accident there was this mermaid one and I was like <laughs> yes <laughs> mermaids how are they gonna do it with fishtail bottoms yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared and excited to find out oh my god so yeah so i did the neil books well and i thought like it made sense because you did the claire books i did do claire books these this are time. absolutely books i would have picked yeah 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 so yeah Great. i'm excited we're doing it all switcheroo switcheroo so um Great. see you next time I yeah guess. thank you listeners thank you so much listeners we appreciate everything you do for us and hopefully that includes telling your friends about it and Uh, rating and reviewing and subscribing absolutely um and thank you authors thank you authors we appreciate all the work you've done and thank you christine thanks christine (laughs) um and yeah uh thank you neil thank you claire this is we're gonna go back in time yeah one of these days we'll actually learn how to end one of these things no Okay.